You are listening to The Reach Podcast with Elim's National Evangelist and Head of Evangelism, Mark Greenwood, in conversation with a bunch of his mates, bringing their wisdom, stories and insight, inspiring you to inspire others. This is The Reach Podcast. You are listening to The Reach Podcast with me, Mark Greenwood. And me, Carl Knightley. Carl Knightley, it's very good to have you on the Reach podcast today. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. It's Friday. Yeah, it's always a good thing, isn't it? It's always a good thing when it's Friday. What's your, what's your day been like so far? I know we're early on, but has it been... Bowl of cereal, cup of coffee, radio interview on Premier uh, Christian Radio, and uh, now here we are recording this podcast. There you go. And what's the week been like? Has it been acceptable, busy, steady? A good but a very busy week. Uh, we've yeah. had um, three seminars for our uh, church champion community, uh, which is really exciting. And then we did two seminars of teaching with Keswick Ministries yesterday. So a busy week of seminars and online activity. Fantastic. Thus the reference, it's Friday. <laughs> Absolutely. It's weird, you know, because I, I obviously nobody's really traveling at the moment to speak but i i've traveled a lot for 30 odd years and so sundays i've i've always been kind of on the road and uh, because my schedule's been a little bit hit and miss I, i've not really appreciated the weekend vibe you know it's like we've made it to friday uh, but i do now <laughs> to now it's yes yeah, so there you go Carl, tell us a little bit about yourself and um who you're here to chat about today, and then we'll uh, we'll dig into some fun stuff, and uh, and then we'll crack on with finding out about uh, how what you do can help people listening to the podcast today. So give us a heads up. Great, thank you. Um, so I'm here um, as CEO of Faith and Later Life, a Christian charity with a focus on older people. More about that later. Um, Personally, I live just on the edge of South London, on the uh, Surrey-South London border. Uh, wife, Susie, a nurse, two small kids, uh, Jacob six, Gracie four. I'm a school governor. Uh, I head up evangelism and outreach at my uh, church, which is a Church of England church uh, um, in Croydon. And um, life's busy, but good. Um, so that's busy. a little bit about me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Excellent. It, it definitely sounds busy to me, especially with the young kids. That's really, uh, really tiring, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So, Carl, we're going to um, take you through um, some little little questions just to help our listeners. They're familiar with this. Uh, if you're new to the Rich Podcast, maybe this might be your first podcast. We start each of our podcasts just finding out a little bit of fun stuff about our guests. So... Uh, we're going to do the same with you, Carl. So I'm going to take you for a meal, which is all rather nice. But because I'm from Yorkshire, I don't want to spend too much. And so we're going to go for one of those sort of main and a pudding for a tenner. I'm going to be reasonably generous and go for a tenner. No, let's go for a fiver. Not that it changes anything. So do you go starter and main? or main and pudding? I think I used to be a starter and main person, but I've, I've switched over. I think okay. now I'm a main and pudding person, ah. really. So, so. What, what caused the switch over? Was it a conscious thing or was it just in need for more sugar? Uh, well, um, 
I think it's probably when I got married, which is oh, right. almost 10 years ago. So um, it wasn't a recent event. But, uh, <laughs> I never used to eat pudding. And then my wife likes pudding. So now I like pudding and my kids like pudding. And she does a great pudding. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, but, uh, that my, my, my son loves Yorkshire pudding. And oh. so he keeps, you mentioned Yorkshire. He keeps telling me, can we move to Yorkshire, please, Daddy? <laughs> to eat Yorkshire pudding. Well, do you know what? There's a restaurant in Yorkshire and uh, they... They own, I think they only do Yorkshire puddings with actual sweet pudding fillings. Wow. Oh, so, yeah. They don't, that. I don't, they, so that would be an interesting combo, really, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Well, we, uh, when we finish with the Yorkshire puddings, we save one so we can have it for pudding with a bit of butter and sugar on top, which is my wife's Midlands oh. input. I, we don't do that in London. So that's a new thing for me. <laughs> was that a revelation to you when that happened? Yeah, revelation. I was quite distressed, if I'm honest with you, but it was a revelation. <laughs> Not a healthy one. No, exactly, exactly. Oh, I like that. Okay, on a similar theme, as many of these questions are, uh, I'm feeling continuing, you might say, to feel generous. I'm going to give you a pound. Do you spend it on sweets or chocolate? If it's for my kids, it's sweets. If it's for me, it's chocolate. It's for you. It's for you, my friend. It's be chocolate, all for then. you. Gotta be chocolate. It's a ministry gift to you. I That's actually true. once had a pound given as a ministry gift in my early days. I put it back in the offering because I thought the church needed it more than me if they could only afford a quid, to be honest with you. So you go you go chocolate. Any particular, go chocolate. Any particular favourite chocolate? Um, well, I do like a Twirl or a Twix. If you've only given me a quid, if you give me a bit more, I might stretch to Ferrero Rocher, but uh, we're not at the ambassador. It's not happening. Yet, so. It's not happening. COVID-19, <laughs> finances are tight. Well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> okay, let me push you a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another option here. Still the same pound. You haven't made any purchase yet. Do you go for chocolate or crisps? Crisps. I'm a bit of a crisp monster. Yeah, it's what you These days, I'm trying to be healthier, actually. But uh, okay. crisps. When, when we go to when we go to heaven, there'll be a, a big crisp vending machine, which just doesn't cost any money, and I'll be in charge of it. Oh, mate, I I would love that. Imagine that. What would what would be your favourite flavour of crisps? salt and vinegar? No question about Are you it. Salt and wow. All day, every day. And is that is that like all your life? Yeah, I've always been, it's always been salt and vinegar crisps for me. Wow. You see, I find them disappointing. Oh, dear. Is that, is that going to terminate the podcast early? <laughs> the collection's <laughs> going to start to get unstable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I found it does happen when you get those tense moments, doesn't it? It really does. I'm a cheese and onion man, although I have to say I might change because one of the things in lockdown, obviously, we've got to wear masks. Yeah. And I'd had a couple of packet of cheese and onion crisps through the day. I went out in my mask, um, inadvertently belched, and I nearly passed out. And I thought, oh, that's that's not a good smell for anybody. It's not. It's not. So no. maybe salt and vinegar might be a slightly less pungent odour. I think. I think so. I <laughs> try turn over. Turn over a new leaf. It might well be. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here. Okay. So, do you like cheese? Um, well, uh, that's that's my other weakness along with crisps. Gee, if, if I had to eat two things, that could, that I could cope with cheese and crisps. Cheese and crisps. I can't afford it, everyone. What, so imagine we're having a little cheese board, but we're only allowed one cheese. What would it be? I'm afraid I'm terribly boring. It'll be cheddar. No, I'm liking a cheddar. A mature cheddar or... 
No, um, I, I, oh. well, I, I, I don't mind. I, I mean, I, I can get along with mature, but I'm quite happy with mild cheddar, I'm afraid. You're just like a mild cheddar. Don't take me anywhere near blue cheese, I'm afraid. Oh, really? You just no, no. that a big no-no. Well, my wife chuckles when she says, "What you know?" When people ask me what cheese do you like, and I say normal cheese, uh, <laughs> of course, a ridiculous statement. But uh, if you if I want to get a little bit uh, a little bit out there, I might go over to Edam or something like that. <laughs> so so, Edam's out there, is it? That's out there for me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> so I mind. I can see the attraction of salt and vinegar crisps with a very plain cheese. I can see that being. Uh, I won't say a match made in heaven, but I can see a. Uh, a reasonable connection between those two. Would you ever mange those two items together? Would that be something? Well, that, well you see, this is the, the problem with this is I'm now coming across as very unhealthy, and that might impact my ministry and reputation. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I have been known in my younger years to uh, slice some cheese over some sort of you know crisps a oh, minute in the goodness. microwave. And there, uh, there you've got some uh, heaven with a small H. Absolutely, mate. I am so with you. I'm. I've been known in recent weeks to do that very thing, to Absolutely. be honest with you. It's not wrong. It's it's international cuisine. It's tacos, isn't it? Or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Is it nachos? Nachos. Nachos, nachos that's, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're absolutely. just developing an international palette. That's, that's the way I doing. see it. That's the way I see it. Okay, so, favourite film and why? When you, uh, um, I can, you know, I confess you gave me these questions in advance, and that's a very difficult question, yeah. favourite film. And I really, you know, usually when I'm preparing for a podcast or an interview, I'm thinking, I'm wrestling through with you know, the biblical stuff and scriptures, and <laughs> here I'm thinking about pudding and films to start off with. Yeah. Uh, stay with us, folks. Yes. Um, <laughs> Last of the Mohicans, I decided to go. Oh, that's okay. That was one of my sort of top three, and I thought we have to go with Last of the Mohicans. There's something about Daniel Day-Lewis under the waterfall telling his love that she will survive and it'll be okay and he saves everybody. And uh, it strikes at my kind of wild at heart kind of yeah. man kind of heart thing. So I'm, I'm that kind of guy, heart on your sleeve kind of Come action. On. So yeah, yeah. I, love, I love Last of the Mohicans and Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, that's a great old movie. I've never actually seen the film. Go and watch it, guaranteed. Okay. I'm going to take, do, take I've your got crisps a, with you, bit of cheese on top. I was just about to say, is it like a salt and vinegar crisp cheese type evening? With a, it's a, it's a really, good, it's a really good movie. Okay, all right. I've did, I've got an ever growing list of films that I need to watch because some of the films are various guests have had. I've, I've not even heard of. I've heard of that one, so we're all right. Okay, so um, coffee or tea? Well, I probably drink more tea but it's got to be coffee because it's a uh, engine fuel i never had a i never had coffee until my first child was born i'm, I'm not i'm not joking i never had a cup of coffee i had one in the uh in, in the canteen at st thomas's hospital in london yeah uh, that was almost seven years ago and i have two cups of coffee a day now without well, fail there you go <laughs> it's me going very but, significant moment in your life that was i mean the birth I had if, yeah. I if I had more sleep, I wouldn't need coffee. So it's medicinal purposes only. It is absolutely medicinal purposes, especially with the kind of week you've had. Pepsi Max or Coca-Cola? Coke Zero. Coke Zero? Coke Zero. Oh, mate. I'm, I don't... There's no flavour to it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, tr I'm trying to be healthy at the same time, you see, so... I love the fact your choice of, of 
kind of health is Coke Zero rather than an apple. That's a beautiful <laughs> Mate, moment. Daddy on Chief, you didn't say how regularly I drink it. <laughs> yeah, we'll move no, on. Very often. Although, to be honest with you, I'm not convinced if you put Coke and Pepsi next to each other and cover them up, you'd know the difference. I, I would. Know. Let's do that yeah. challenge on another podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, favourite sport to watch? It's a difficult one because I like football. I'm a, I'm a football bloke. But um, when I was at school, I used to love running, sprinting. More, oh, okay. There's, yeah. there's something about watching the 100 metres, you know, and, and seeing folk just running so fast. Absolutely. I think that's very exhilarating. Yeah, yeah. My daughter does athletics and we went to um, a sort of a, a regional competition. So these would be, some of these athletes would be, you know, looking to try and go professional at some point in the future. But but they're, they're certainly up there as, as good athletes. But even at that level, I watched the 100 metres and I thought, my goodness, they're quick. <laughs> oh, absolutely. absolutely. You don't, I don't think you always fully appreciate it on TV, but it is, it is incredibly quick how they yeah. run. And nth of a second between them is, is, a, is a lot, isn't it? In well, that, that um, you know, a couple of years ago when I did the dad's race at school sports day, I, I was reminded of the exhilaration. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Now, apart from my book on evangelism, what is your favourite book on evangelism or the mission of the church that you've read? There are so many really good books and really good authors, but one which stays with me is hugely impactful, uh, which is, I think, just around your your entire heart, really, and obviously that feeds into evangelism and mission, is Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that, that book is just, it's life-changing. So if you yeah. haven't read it, read, uh, you know, viewers do do have a read of it. It's a must-read, challenged. It? Yeah, yeah, 100%. You are listening to The Reach Podcast with me, Mark Greenwood. And me, Carl Knightley. So, Carl, we're going to have a little natter about uh, Elim's four priorities. Now, for regular listeners of The Reach Podcast, they'll understand that that Elim, the denomination that I work for, have these four priorities, which actually what we're always saying on this podcast is we're trying to resource our national evangelism vision and the four priorities of Elim. But actually, these go right across the broader body of Christ. And so we've got these four priorities, which I'm sure you will agree um, probably should resonate with lots of people. And they are disciples, making disciples, churches we want to plant and, and grow churches healthy churches we want to raise up leaders and we want to reach the nations those are like our four key things and so we call them priorities because they are really priorities for us we, we see them as priorities in the word of god and we're excited about those now you your ceo as you mentioned for an organization called faith in later life which does what it says on the tin it's about helping those, I guess, with faith who are, um, uh, are older in years, but also reaching those who have no faith. How do you think the church needs to uh, change? Don't be shy. Don't be a shy bairn, as they say up north. Um, how do you think the church needs to change? Does it need to change? Um, can it get better at connecting with people who are in that later stage of life so i think that you know there are lots of churches who engage really well with older people so we mustn't tar everybody with the same brush yeah but i think if we start with looking at the nation more broadly we've got uh, you know there's a lot of 
subconscious uh, ageism. I think, yeah. you know, even in our everyday conversations, you know, he's doing well for his age. She's yes. rather sprightly. But, yeah. You know, he, is he over the hill and so on? You know, and, and, and I think if you look at statistics, 41% of older people in the UK, so that's over, it's around over 5 million people in the UK, older people in the UK feel out of touch. So right. I think there's, a, there's an issue around older people feeling marginalised. Um, and I think churches aren't exempt from that always. So I think, yeah. that, you know, what we want to think about is encouraging churches where that's needed to reframe the way they see older people and their older members. So right now in, in the course of this pandemic, of course, we want churches to be thinking about how they can reach older people in the wider community who yeah. are shut behind their doors. But I think it's really helpful and important for us to think about our older members for two reasons. Um, firstly, we might be we might be mistakenly thinking that all of our older members have got everything sorted, you know, yeah. so we don't need to think about how we can disciple them. And yeah. obviously that's incorrect. Yeah. Uh, but then we also need to remember those older Christians who have got that godly biblical wisdom, who are those mm. prayer warriors. Mm. You know, how can we empower them rather than make them feel marginalised, whether we're doing yeah. that inadvertently or not? You know, for example, a lot of churches are very focused on youth and families. And, you know, if, if no more young people come to the church, eventually the church will die because everybody dies at one stage. And I understand that. And I've got small children and that is a priority, but it can't be an either either. We yeah, still yeah. have to think about our older um, members of our church, not least because, you know, in human terms, we look up to them. Yeah. You know, so, you know, having an older person in your church talking to a, a member of the youth about what it looks like to follow Christ faithfully for 60 years. We've got real gems in our older members of our church. Yeah. And I think we need to sometimes think about that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we need to see church as a genuine expression of, of family, don't we? And I think, yeah. you know, for a lot of people who, who, who maybe even come from a dysfunctional family, actually having role models um, of older people who are following Jesus can be, can be a real benefit to their walk. I was really grabbed by the phrase you you said at the beginning, actually, because I'd never thought about this, um, how we say things like, oh, she's sprightly or he's sprightly for their age. I, I've said that. I never even thought anything about it. But we, we, we do need to change our language. How do you how do you think? Um, how do you think the sweeping, sweeping statement or sweeping question here? How do you think the church can begin to practically um, do that? Are there some things that we can say, look, here's some um, some easy wins in terms of things that we can change quickly and easily to begin to show that we um, not just begin to show, but genuinely express that we value older people? So I think, you know, we where we move and where we're active is where we think things are important. If we yeah, value yeah. things or think they're important, we do stuff. I'm hungry, so I eat my breakfast. Mm. You know, so the proof of the pudding, we talked about pudding earlier, proof yes. of the pudding is eating. Um, so I think that right now, uh, for, for example, a lot of us are working from home at the moment, if we're mm -hmm. fortunate enough to still be employment. Um, yeah. And yet we're, we're starting our church services in buildings, some of us, but the older people aren't necessarily returning. How can we continue to show them that they are a valuable, critical uh, member of the church family? How about we ask them if they can get involved, if they can work from home? You know, yeah. if we're if we're um, mobilising a prayer rotor for people, can we yeah. ask them if they want to have a list of people to pray for? 
Right. You know, they can, any, people of any demographic and age might say no, but we don't know what the answer is going to be unless we ask them. People like yes, to be yes. asked. It shows that they're important. So we can ask them to pray. We know yeah. that often older Christians are often real prayers. Um, if we know that an older person might be lonely and we think they might be part of the problem in that sense, how about we make them part of the solution? We set up, you know, a telephone uh, a kind of fellowship within the church. Maybe we could ask said older person who might be lonely if they can phone a few other people. So in doing so, they're being useful and valuable as well as receiving fellowship. So I think those are things we can do to reach out to older people. But I think, you know, as the church continues to move ahead and make decisions where appropriate, let's be tapping into those older people for, the, for their wisdom, you know, and uh, where, we, where we might be struggling. Yeah whether we're a church leader or not, you talked about it a bit earlier, you know, having those older people who are like parents and grandparents, your grandmother in the Lord, you yeah. know, let's be talking to people, remembering that they are valuable. And, and, and ultimately an older person is a person yes. as a younger yes. person is a person. We just yes. give them these labels. They yeah. might look at themselves in the mirror and see someone 30 years younger. They may not, of course, but yeah. the point is let's keep talking to people um, because if we don't talk to people, then people think we've forgotten about them. And that can be very damaging. And of course, God doesn't forget about anybody. Yeah. Uh, and we are all part of the body of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. there is a danger, isn't there, that we labelise people in the church and almost treat them as, you know, like a, see them as a collective of people rather than an individual thing. And I think I think that's a good a good reminder for us this morning. And I think like one of my concerns in the church is that we can very easily pendulum swing. Um, and what I mean by that is because it's, it's, we're, we're talking so much now about the online space. And, and yeah, of course we know we've got to ramp up our activity online and it's been a space that we've been catapulted into and that we knew existed but didn't think it was quite as, um, as close. And we find ourselves landing in this space and there's lots of focus and effort being put and we're talking about it being all about the online but the, the the very real danger is that with that pendulum swing is that we forget about those who who can't connect online or who don't want to quite frankly because it's an it's an alien environment that they may well feel that they can but they don't want to and we need to just make sure don't we that we we don't forget about that so i love that reminder for us this morning that's really really helpful now in elim we're, we're really, really passionate about understanding uh, the journey of faith uh, that, that people are on. It's really important to us. We've got a language called Big Yes, Little Yes, Healthy Maybe that, that helps us to understand where people might be on that journey. How can we help um, an older person on that journey of faith? Where would you say Carl, in, in your, and again, it's a slightly sweeping statement here, but in your understanding of where um, the older generations are at uh, when it comes to faith, what, what would you say would tend to be their, their belief about, about, about God? What do they feel about the church? Are, are, they, are they still quite positive? Is there still some God stuff in in their uh, in their DNA, as it were, or is that is that eroding away a little bit? Give us give us some thoughts on that. Yeah, so there's there's two things to say. I think firstly, a, a question and a challenge to churches mm -hmm. uh, when we look out across our uh, church pews or seats or whatever it is, um, do we know where our older members are in terms of their faith? 
yeah. you know, as church leaders, do we just make assumptions? Do we yeah, assume yeah. that they're they're all going for it with the Lord? Um, yeah. So I think that's a question just to leave hanging. In terms of the wider context, um, we have age, I think it's age UK um, had some statistics that said that eighty percent of older people in England and Wales. I don't know why they didn't include the other nations, uh, but eighty <laughs> percent of England and Wales, and it gives you a snapshot because it's probably applicable across the across the piece. Yes, have uh, an affiliation with Christianity. Okay. It might be higher in Northern Ireland anecdotally because there, there's a lot yes. of faith there. Um, yeah, so across um, across all nations, actually, um, older people at this point uh, have some sort of baseline understanding of faith right. or of Christian tradition, mm-hmm. and so we can we we can tap into that, uh, you know. And there is a church that I know who has a really good course um, called Hymns We Love, uh, which has been replicated on the National Daily Hope telephone line that Faith and Nature Life is partnering mm-hmm. with the Church of England on. And what that is is someone just takes you through amazing grace for example and reflects right. on the words and then we all sing it together and so right. and it, you know sweeping statement but older people still remember these sorts of hymns yes so there's your entry point you know um Very good. older people have journeyed a lot by nature of their age there's lots of stories there's lots of positive things there's lots of regrets so it's, we can't just necessarily set out faith and here's your take it or leave it we have to meet people where they are but hymns are a good way of evoking the past but also bringing people into where you want to help them reflect on. But the key is we've got to get a move on with evangelism with older people. Yes, because, yes. you know, in the, in the not too distant future, as our current people who are in their 40s and 50s and don't have any Christian background at all yeah. become older, there won't be that assumption. We won't be able to make that assumption. And suddenly evangelism with older people will look completely different. Yeah, that 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 was very much in my mind when I was I was asking the question actually. So do you do you think it's? I mean, again, it's a bit of a sweeping statement, I guess that, but it, it does give us a little bit of understanding. So do you think sort of so the sort of people around sort of fifty now will be the generation of older people that don't really have that that background of faith, or would could it would it be sort of 50, people that are fifty five, sixty now? Or what would you say is a, is about that kind of cut-off age, really? It's hard to say. You know, I don't think, you know, I don't have the data, so I wouldn't like to um, make a generalisation. But I think, you know, you're probably talking about around 50, around, you know, whatever middle age might feel like to people. You know, in the last, you know, it, it actually, even in the last 30 to 40 years, things have changed a lot, Definitely. you know, in, in our culture, um, you know, and... and so, yeah, these are things that we really need to think. We can't make assumptions. We really need to think about these yeah. things. And and actually, um, that shouldn't be a negative, even though it is a negative in the, in the fact that it's it's a concern as to where society is going. What it yeah. can do is galvanise us to think about how we can intentionally seek to reach older people. You know, it's convenient that we can lean on hymns. It's good that at this point, care homes will welcome you to come in and do a Sunday service or a church service but that won't always be the case. There won't always be that undercoat, you know? And so we really need to think about, actually, to, let's go all out to meet older people where they are. What does it take to do that? I, lo- I love that, you know, 100%. A, 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 a former colleague of mine um, who actually founded the 43 Trust that I used to work with and for before I took on this role in Elim, uh, one such Ian Knox, um he's just brought out a, a brilliant book i think um i think he's finishing connected. well 
yeah, re- really good book. I got I got my free copy, and uh, yeah, we commissioned that book. So that's yeah, a faith-based life. Uh, yeah, I noticed that. So that's that's brilliant. And I, I always remember Ian did a lot of um, evangelism. Well, you you would know, of course, about what you, what he's done. But he did a lot of evangelism. Um, he was very fruitful and effective evangelist with right across the ages. But he certainly did a lot with 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 the elderly and older people and saw an incredible harvest really of of older people who'd who'd perhaps been to church and without in any way wishing to be judgmental were maybe a little bit nominal in their faith and and maybe been to churches that hadn't preached the gospel for some time and he would go in and do a mission and preach the gospel and, and see many many older people come to Christ. So I think we, we need to get back on our radar, don't we? The, 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 the harvest that there is amongst the older people. Um, Let me tell you a story. Um, do. We, we've got a new resource out called um, Guidance for Christian Faith Organisations and the Support and Value of Older People. It's a bit of a mouthful, but if you go to our <laughs> website, Faith and Later Life, and just type in Guidance for Christian Faith Organisations, it will come up. And it was written by a a chap called Professor Keith Brown, who's the founding director of the National Centre for Post-Qualifying Social Work. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you study social work, you've read his book. He writes government policy. He's a very influential man. He's a a deeply Christian man. And he's just written this guidance for us. Uh, And he was telling me the other day he was involved with um, a project with the Department for Media, Culture and Sport uh, a, a number of years ago. And they were putting in phone blocking technology in phones so older people wouldn't receive these scam phone calls. Oh, okay. Some older people were receiving even 20 to 30 phone calls a day from scammers. Goodness. Now, this, this, this project was a failure because something like 75% of those older people took out that technology, that blocking technology, and unplugged it because they would rather hear a phone call from a scammer than from nobody at all. That's wow. how lonely they were. Wow. Say that story, which is very distressing, is these are, you know, this is this is easy in yes, terms okay. of, you know, older people are not all older people, of course, but older, lonely people uh, are waiting to hear from us. Right. Okay. You know, there are 11.9 million older people in the UK. Five million say the TV or their pet is their closest friend. Wow. Five million older people say the TV uh, or their pet is their closest friend. And that's pre-COVID. So wow. I'm saying that is reaching out to older people just takes us reaching out yeah. you know, and being friendly and showing the love of Christ, no ulterior motive. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it shouldn't be difficult. It is a harvest field. Of course, there are challenges and we need to make sacrifices, but that's the first thing. And the second thing is, as we all know, in human terms, older people have less time to hear the gospel. Yes. Yeah. We need to get on with it. It must be a priority for us. So essentially just go out and care for people, show them that you love them and that they're desperate for conversations. And uh, let, let's be praying, Lord, give us good opportunities to, to share the gospel with them because time is running out. I think, that's, I think that's a really good sort of urgent plea, really, isn't it? And it'd be interesting, you, you, you threw away that phrase deliberately and that was before COVID. It's going to be really interesting to see those figures if that research was conducted right now in covid to see the difference um you would you would suggest that that number of five million would would increase somewhat wouldn't you have people who the telly or their pet is their their closest friend and you know i've i've 
I've been saying quite a lot recently that the seed of the gospel has been sown in the soil of suffering. And I think we need to understand increasingly, don't we? That we've got great opportunity for the gospel, just generally, actually. But there's, there's going to be a lot of pain and sorrow and suffering linked with it. And I think that's definitely going to be the case with some of those in those late in that later life, you know, um, area. That, that's really, really helpful. Love that. Given me lots of things already. I often say these podcasts, if nobody else listened, it gives me a lot of fuel. Uh, to think through it it really really does we've almost touched on it but um in Ilium, not not only do we believe in the journey but we, we believe there are three key things that inform that journey which are relevant words caring actions and uh, uh the spirit's power spirit empowered how would how would you say we can be relevant in terms of communication of the gospel to to older people you've already mentioned uh, and i'd love you just to mention it again because again it was just a, a very quick reference you mentioned about um that hymns course but you also mentioned about um the hope telephone line just just talk to us a little bit about those few things a little bit more is there anywhere where people could could get some information that you would know about the the sort of the hymns course as i would call it and also about that telephone thing because I think that would be a key way of relevantly starting to communicate the gospel uh, to older people. Yeah so um, at the end of April uh, we founded the um, Daily Hope telephone line and that was in conjunction with um, the, the, the wider Church of England mm -hmm. uh, but also um, a, a, a church called Holy Trinity in Claygate in Surrey um, because uh, Pippa Kramer, who's the seniors minister there, she uh, ran a group and had actually written Hymns We Love, this course that we talk about. She and her husband had written it. And um, God just brought us all into a room uh, and we ended up setting up the Daily Hope phone line. Um, and the, uh, the Hymns We Love is a part of that. Now, Faith and Nature Life is a cross-denominational ecumenical organisation. So the yeah. Daily Hope phone line is not a Church of England phone line. Yeah. You're greeted by the Archbishop of Canterbury and that's nice. Yeah, uh, but I just want everyone listening to know that there is no yeah. rule. This is for everybody. Yeah. Um, and we set up this phone line because we were thinking about the 2.5 million people over the age of 75 who've never used the Internet. And thinking wow. about those vulnerable people at home, predominantly older, who can't log on to church. And so the good thing about the Daily Hope telephone line is you phone up and you've got a series of, of options. You can listen to some prayers. You can listen to a service. You can listen to this hymns on loop. And there's even some interesting interactive stuff. Every month it changes. This month, we've got chair exercises to do a bit right. of physical stuff too. Um, right. and, um, but the hymns we love is, is one of the key options. And the reason that's uh, helpful and really good is, as I said earlier, it takes you through a hymn a day, just reflecting on the words. And it's very gentle, but it does bring you to the gospel. Uh, right. And so what I say to people is share that phone number because, you know, you can listen to it if you're not a believer but you're of that age where you have some uh, comfort with hymns and yeah. you can just hear hymns if you're feeling lonely or, or, you know, you can sit there in your dressing gown. You're not actually talking to anybody, so you don't need right. to worry about that. Or you can listen to the gospel. And um, we, so we set that up at the end of April and over over 250,000 calls wow. have been made, totaling around three million minutes. And wow. it's free. And, you know, older people are often at their loneliest. I think it's the Silver Line did some research, the befriending service, between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. Wow, so you can phone okay. up the Daily Hope telephone line 
24 hours a day. It's free from landlines and mobiles in the UK. So any older person doesn't need to worry. It's going to cost them money or they're going to be scammed. They can phone up anytime and just have some comfort, hear a voice, and ultimately hear the hope of, of Jesus Christ. And that phone number is 0800 804 8044. And just, just to finish really on that, um, if you go to the Faith and Native Life website, that's faithandnativelife.org, or just Google Faith and Native Life, um, our resource hub, uh, where we have hundreds and hundreds of resources, of which over half are free to download. Um, you can find some of the hymns we love text in there if you want to have a read. Uh, you can contact me, and I can even put you in touch with Pippa Kramer, uh, and there's more information about the Daily Hub telephone line, uh, or just Google Daily Hub telephone line. Uh, but there's loads of information on our website, faithandnativelife.org. But, you know, even just today, which older person could you tell about the Daily Hope telephone line? Who could you phone up, you know, and say, do you know, there's this really good telephone line. Take it or leave it. Uh, do you know what? That's such an easy, easy thing to respond to. I mean, I can I can think of the lady across um, from me who lives opposite. She's she's going to be late 80s now. Amazing lady. Her husband passed away some time ago. and. Uh, the thing is, it's, it's, it gives you a, a relevant way to express the love of Christ, doesn't it? Relevant to the person. And, and I love that. I absolutely love that. I, I was really grabbed. You said earlier about um, from between one o'clock and four o'clock, elderly people at their, at their most lonely. That, that rather suggests that they're awake at that time because um, I'm a little bit quick like that. So would, is that is that an acceptable thing then that many many older people will still be awake or, or or have been to sleep and waking up say around those around those time times or getting up early or it's you know I don't think you know and there'll be people listening here who have experienced loneliness but unless we've really experienced lo profound loneliness and I haven't I don't think we can understand what it's like and how debilitating yeah. it will be. You right. know, I can reel off statistics that the cows come home. 1.4 million older people say they're always or often lonely. Um, right. Loneliness is bad for your health and smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Mm. It's all there. But what we need to remember is that these are actual people. They're not statistics. Absolutely. And, you know, so that's why, I, you know, with Faith in Nate's Life, now is the time for us to, to really amplify our voice around this stuff to Christian brothers and sisters and say, today we must go after the old people around us. Yeah. Um, you know, relentless commitment to relationship. Yeah, good. Relentless commitment to relationship. People might not want to hear from you, and that's okay. But we need them to know that we are here because right now we're in a dark time. Yes. Um, and I think we need to acknowledge that. But of course, we know the light and the darkness is the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so our message of hope has never been more attractive, I would suggest, uh, yeah. if you're up at night and you want to hear from anybody. And, and so, yeah, so in answer to a question, it's not acceptable to be up at that time. And so who can we think of even in our street? Before COVID, before the first lockdown, I leafleted our road with my kids. Just a little leaflet saying, you know, introducing my wife and I and my kids. We live at number one. If you need anything, shopping, a conversation, give us a call. Put my landline down because older people technically generally like landlines more. And I leafleted the whole street. Ten minutes after getting home, I got the first phone call from an older person in my road thanking me. Uh, and oh, that's wow. not because I'm a hero, but, uh, because this stuff isn't rocket science. We don't need PhDs. Yeah, we just yeah. need to intentionally want to love people around us and take the time that we need to.
I think that's a really good challenge, you know, today. I, I really do think it is, Carl. I think it's important that we um, we step up and step out our activity, I think, with, with older people. That's, that's really helpful. Time's almost gone, sadly, as often happens. I'm, I'm sure I say this on every single podcast. Uh, you mentioned a few uh, resources. Are there any particular other resources or resources that you, you've maybe mentioned briefly in passing that you might want to unpack a little bit more? Because this podcast, it's all about resourcing the church to be more effective in, in various areas of evangelism. And so it'd just be great to, to spend a few more moments. If you've, if you've got some great resources that you want to chat about, whether it's stuff that Faith in Later Life have produced or stuff that you're partnering with or stuff that you've seen around, Give us, give us a few resources that, that would be great to kind of um, to get a hold of and begin to become more fruitful. Well, I've, I've mentioned the, the, the guidance for Christian organisations, the Keith Brown document, and that, that talks about um, end-of-life care, dementia, evangelism and spirituality. That's really helpful, and that can be downloaded for free from our website. You mentioned the Noctis book, Finishing Well. That's a really good read, as you know, enabling us to think about God's plans for us in later life. Um, our book of the month on our website at the moment is a really good little booklet called uh, Around Grief and Loss. And again, that's free to download. Um, the only other thing I would say is, you know, I've made uh, a lot of perhaps challenging statements, you know, and I don't want folk to come off this uh, feeling uh, browbeaten. Um, we have a, uh, a, an international network, actually, predominantly in the UK, but an international network of church champions, uh, a community right. of around 300. And they are just regular people in their churches who might be involved with ministry with older people, who have a heart for ministry with older people, come onto our website, sign up to be a church champion. We have Zoom uh, meetings at the moment every month where we provide training and equipping. We send you free stuff. There's no catch. You can unsubscribe whenever you like. But I'm just aware that a lot of people might feel like they want to do things but aren't quite sure how to, or they could just do with the support around them. Join our community. There's no catch. All we want to do is inspire and equip Christians to reach, serve, and empower older people everywhere. So do visit our website, faithandlaterlife.org. That's absolutely superb, Carl. Thank you so much for taking time out to uh, come and share with us today. There's been lots of stuff you've thrown out that is, is challenging, but a right challenge, and it's been inspiring. And not only is it challenging us about the need, but you've given some really good, useful, practical steps that we can all take to begin to meet that need so thank you so much for being with us today god bless you pleasure god bless thanks everyone that was the reach podcast with mark greenwood stay connected on twitter by following at elim reach or to follow mark personally at rev greenie be sure to listen in to another reach podcast